1: hello everybody and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast. I'm Matt. I'm your host with me is Joe, my co-host. Uh, we're gonna talk about the various things that happen in that there blizzard. but first, how are you doing, Joe? you up to anything?
0: I am fantastic. I am I am found somebody to source uh, wood plinths from uh, somebody in the local community for my busts. so I'm really excited because that means I don't have to worry about like buying random chunks of wood. I can actually have ones made. It's really happy. It makes me feel good.
1: Okay. well, I have no such wood plinth issue. Um, so instead, I'll move on to talking about some stuff in the old uh, universe, the actual one we live in, not not some game universe that I've been spending a lot of time in, uh, being being hectored by by Kiefer Sutherland, not Kiefer Sutherland, Keanu Reeves. Oh my god, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I was gonna wow. say, w-
0: way different, way different.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that would be a Metal Gear game if Kiefer Sutherland was giving me th- trouble. I still like sometimes. I mean when they get, when they get a famous voice actor and use that voice actor's appearance, it's always a little weird for me. Yeah. And, um, I can't remember which call of duty game it is. It might not even be call of duty, but the one, uh, where they got, uh, Kevin Spacey, do you remember that one?
0: Yeah, I don't remember the game specifically, but I remember what you're talking about, yeah.
1: Yeah, and like it, it was like Kevin Spacey played a decent villain in the game to begin with, but when his real-life shenanigans came to light, and I say shenanigans, not making light of it, just making light of him, uh, yeah, that made that game real hard for me to ever replay because it's like, yeah. So so I, I kind of wish they hadn't gone with, with Keanu Reeves' face as well as his voice. Uh, I get why they did it, but I kind of wish they hadn't done it, because um, it does it does get distracting at times. And this is one of the reasons why I'm kind of glad WoW gets voice actors and doesn't use their faces, because it would be weird as heck for me if I saw Liam O'Brien's face every time I saw Illidan or, talking.
0: Or or if Metzen's face was just straight up graft onto Thrall, yeah, that'd be weird.
1: Yeah. Or or if you know, we go to Metzen's house and it turns out he actually does look like Thrall and the, the Metzen faces a mask he wears. But anyway... <laughs> uh, I brought up Illidan because Burning Crusade Classic is going to be shipping out not too far off. We don't know exactly when, but they are working on it, and the PTR is soon. Um, when it does, they've made the choice to ship Burning Crusade with Classic with patch 2.4.3, which is the last real content patch for uh, the Burning Crusade before Wrath came out. The reason that's important is twofold. One is that class balance was in its final form. Mm-hmm. Uh, This means among other things that warrior tanks could use thunderclap in defensive stance and that it hit multiple targets, which meant that they had much greater, much greater AOE threat. Um, uh, In other words, it's something I care about. I don't, I don't know every class and I didn't play every class in TBC, but I do remember that. And that's like just one of many examples of things that basically every, every class will be in its final form and they're not going to do any class balance. It's going to be very similar to the way while WoW classic worked where they put it out the last patch, uh, 1.12 essentially is what they based it on. And then they didn't do any, any major class balance. I think they did like one change to shaman because they were going to do it anyway. Like it was the very first change they made in when burning crusade came out mm-hmm. and it was, they like, you know, the only reason we waited for, for the burning crusade was because we knew it was coming anyway. Uh, so we might as well just put it in to, to wild WoW classic because it was what we intended to do. Um, so that's going that kind of thing might happen, but as it as it stands right now, the Burning Crusade will release on the last patch in terms of in terms of class balance and mechanics, not in terms of content. The content will be phased, just like uh, Wild Classic was, and we don't know the exact order of the phasing yet. But it's a fair sight to, to to indicate it's probably going to be, you know, like Karazhan first, mm-hmm. maybe maybe the two uh, small twenty five man raids after Karazhan. Then they probably will put out um, Tempest Keep, the Eye, and Serpent Shrine Caverns. Possibly they'll stagger them out. Possibly they'll have them both come out at the same time. Um, the thing is, is that if they did it at the time, the way they did it in in original, you know, Burning Crusade, there's attunements to consider because they did staggered content releases in WoW Classic because there weren't a ton of really big attunements in in original vanilla WoW. There were some, but there weren't. Like the only one that really comes to mind is the the Blackwing Lair one. The actually you no know, the the Upper Blackrock Spire, Lower Blackrock Spire, Blackrock Blackwing Lair attunements come to mind. They weren't big like the way that the Burning Crusade ones. The Burning Crusade ones, I think like to get the Karazhan, did you have to run like four dungeons?
0: Yeah, and you had uh... Was it? Yeah, you had to run like four dungeons, you had to get uh, the keys, you had to do something specific, it was very easy to miss, like uh, I remember after you beat Maru a few... Murmur. What I? Why can I not remember names today? Uh, weird, screechy, not Ragnaros. Uh, when you f- defeated him, there was a, a an urn that you had to find that was like really blended into the wall. And this is back before the times of oh, this thing is highlighted with an aura, so you know you can go click on it. Uh, so if you didn't do it and you missed it, congratulations, you have to run the dungeon all over again. Like there, there was a, It was pretty involved, and then. Uh, you had to do a series of quests for the Violet Eye to even after that to even be allowed into the door.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like so, and that was just Garrosh.
1: That's just Garrosh. Yeah. Then there was attunements to get into like Tempest Keep, I think, uh, and there was a big attunement to get into Black Temple. Like you had to like run other stuff to get. You had to go back in time and do Mount Hyjal to get the attunement to go to Black Temple. Yes. Um, so I think you had to I do all know. the previous raids. I don't know how, and they, they ended up taking them out at later points. Uh, so I don't know if they're gonna just say okay, instead of doing attunements, we're gonna just we're just gonna phase the releases, and you'll just get like okay, this is phase one, these raids are on it, these are the ones you can go to. Um, but it, if you look at it, they have, like I said, that you you could do Tempest Keep, the Eye, and Silver Shrine, then you could do um, Mount Hyjal and Black Temple, and then finally there would be. Um, I want to say the Sunwell. Yeah. The Sunwell plateau would be the final raid. And if they phase it so that they come out together in groups, or if they phase it, if each one comes out individually, and I didn't even mention, um, Zulamon is in there. Zulaman should, should be coming out at some point. And the gear that dropped in Zulaman was comparable to black temple, um, Mount Hyjal gear. So if, if you put Zulaman out earlier, it will trivialize those raids. And that's something that they'll have to work out i'm pretty sure they won't put it out before black temple
0: likely not Uh, no
1: but i mean i remember it coming out and i might be wrong about this because it's been a long time guys but i remember it coming out right up like during black temple black temple was out for a while and then zulamon came up that's just my memory of it it could be wrong
0: yeah i think you're accurate it's been a long long time
1: yeah it's been a long road getting from there to here uh but I do think it's interesting that they're going to be, being, mechanically speaking, it's coming out in the final mode, the final form of, of Burning Crusade. I understand why they're doing that. Um, for one thing, I think a lot of people would be really mad trying to level up from from 60 to 70 uh, and trying to tank like on their warrior tank that they tanked with in WoW Classic and then realizing, oh, God, paladins and druids are so much better for five-man content. And paladin and druid players would be really mad to tank all the way through all that content and get their gear guilds ready to go and get to carousel and be like, Oh, I'm dying a lot because I don't have this one ability that warrior tanks have. And it doesn't matter how good my gear is. and It doesn't matter how much threat I can hold. When we get to the boss, I have to sit down. If we want to kill it, that's not going to feel good. Um, and to a degree, that's not going to be fixed. No. Uh, when you, and you go into wow, wow. Classics version of burning crusade, burning street classic. If you are playing a druid or a paladin, uh, you're going to be like a second choice to to do some bosses. For instance, Illidan has a shear mechanic, and you are not going to have anything to, to use to deal with shear. You just there is no button that you have that deals with shear. There is shield block that warriors can do that completely negates shear, and that's it. I I,
0: th- I was going to say I think the other interesting thing, and and not to like you know, just switch topics completely in it is I remember distinctly that burning crusade shifted uh, away from melee heavy, uh, raid group content or raid group structure and like it was the first time I think ranged DPS that wasn't a hunter was like truly f- honestly viable for a lot of reasons like that's where we got like the warlock tank because you needed a warlock tank specifically for one of the bosses um, but they also did an insane amount of damage if you did it right did, um, you, did
1: you not do an axe at all in in original? I did okay that's where the warlock tank came from that's I, a lot of what you got in then burning crusade was basically just nax stuff
0: right but at the time players not a lot of players experienced nax 1.0
1: yeah that's why i was that's yeah. why i thought you might not have no i did um,
0: i could i could tell the story about us hunter tanking uh razuvius again but like there was some weird stuff but burning crusade really started to shift gears and i because i remember um, for a long time, like I had were switched you, to Enhancement Shaman. I was Horde.
1: Okay, that I think that might explain it, too. I think Horde had more melee because Horde had Shaman in... Yep, in
0: enhancement class. Shaman.
1: Horde had, Horde had Shaman in Classic and um, what we call Vanilla, and those therefore they had Wind fury Totem.
0: Which was and win, win, ridiculous. Wind fury Totem,
1: yeah, Windfury Totem got nerfed going oh, into TBC. And,
0: and don't forget uh, Bloodlust because Bloodlust was group only and mm-hmm. yeah and that was horde only for vanilla so
1: yeah so you had like five you wanted four or five shaman um if not more so you could put all the melee in groups with them and just basically have them all you know set it off and people would go ah, blah blah blah, blah and, you know turn it into you knives uh since they got changed they made it like raid wide and when, when the alliance got shaman they they nerfed fury, they made uh, like the her version of Bloodlust that the Alliance had raid wide, there's going to be a lot of interesting changes because a lot of people who've been playing just WoW Classic and who never played originally, I, I want to see if the same stuff that blindsided people then blindsides people now, or if because we know it's going to happen, guilds are going to be ready for it. That's fascinating to me, and I, I want to observe that. I definitely think you're going to see a lot less melee because um, Burning Crusaders and Raids started doing stuff that really just penalized being melee. Yeah, it did. And they didn't do as much of that in vanilla. Like, Nax started to. Like the safety dance, in my opinion, is just an absolute middle finger to, to melee. But in general, the mechanics in, in TBC are gonna are gonna be gruelingly punishing. And since you lose stuff like Windfury Fury Totem, you lose uh Bloodlust being per group, um, or heroism if you're playing Alliance. I remember I had to level Alliance Shaman just to get Heroism, just so my wife could have me cast it every time it was up while she tried to tame a wolf in the swamp. Um, and she did tame that wolf too, the Grim Totem Spare Guide. She still has it. Uh, so yeah, it'll be and, interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, and I'll be interested to see players kind of experience all of that for, it, it may be for the first time in some of these cases, uh, which I think will be interesting. I also think that this was the last patch, so that means this was after down ranking was leveled out as well i believe oh
1: yeah that's that's in the middle of the expansion I yeah mean, that, that was because i was down ranking my brains out up until what was it two three i don't remember exactly when but i remember i was doing dungeons like the the original caverns of time dungeons i was doing black morass and i was on a shaman and i was just rank one chain heal. i ra- just ra- spanned no.
0: it rank three
1: no i used rank one Th- i didn't even use rank three yeah rank they three was use.
0: the i was gonna say rank three was mathematically and i remember because i got a lot of a lot of crap for this back then but rank three was mathematically the most mana efficient to heal yeah. ratio and it was a smart used, heal
1: absolutely it, it, you're totally right i used rank one because i didn't know any better fair and more importantly i didn't need to know any better because even even at rank one oh yeah it was still I great I was just hitting, like I literally just tapped like I was a drinky bird, tapping <laughs> the button every time. I didn't, I just would target the tank and if if you weren't, like if I had to heal somebody else I would just switch over. I think that focus was in the game at this point because I seem to recall having a focus target Yeah, who focus, was one of the range.
0: focus macros were a thing back then, focus and then target I- last target
1: I would I would go and just target with the one who the range character I had as my focus target and just one 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 okay back to the tank one 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 and because I had Earth Shield I just put Earth Shield on the tank so when I switched off of him to hit the one button I, I'd be okay because I knew he'd get you know the, the Earth Earth Shield would take care of him until I got back to him.
0: Yeah, so and for those of you that that maybe don't know what we're talking about, because I know that there are people that played uh, after this and maybe didn't experience it, or maybe just never heard about this before. Uh, back during ye olden days when we were you know walking uphill both ways to kill dragons on the digital snow, uh, you had to train in your different ranks of all of your spells. So as you leveled up, you gained different levels that you could then purchase from the trainer. Uh, it was very much an old affectation of like D and D Second Edition where you paid gold to level up, right? Um, Your character then could choose, because none of the previous ranks went away, what rank of that spell you used. So you could have a rank one, two, and three chain heal, or rank one, two, three, and four chain heal on your bars if you so chose. And in some cases, not just Shaman, but there are a lot of classes that downranking, where it was using a lower version of the spell from your spell book, was the best option, and up until midway through Burning Crusade, that's what you did. So, like, yep, I never ran out of mana in Burning Crusade until they made this switch because I could put more healing out than any other class by using that rank three because it used way less mana uh, proportionally, healed a ton, triggered off of all the the crits and mastery stuff that that were available at the time. Um, or all the secondary stats basically that were available at the time. Uh and basically if then you had targeted some- it was sorry, and then it targeted too, like when we say smart heal, it targeted the lowest health players first.
1: Mm-hmm. The thing with like Chain Heal is Chain Heal was great if you had the time to cast a spell. Yep. Uh instant spells were not shaman's friends,
0: really. No, you what you as a shaman, you were trying to get that haste breakpoint to two second casting.
1: Yeah. But it really depended, like, that way downranking worked, downranking was really good if you had the time to cast the spell. If you could mm-hmm. basically park yourself somewhere and you knew you'd get some uninterrupted casting time, then downranking was brilliant. Um, you'd only uprank when you knew, I may have t- I've got three seconds and then that's all the spell casting I'm going to get to do. Then you'd want to use your top rank spell.
0: Because, yeah, because uh, you get one cast.
1: If I'm only going to get one cast, I want the biggest spell I got. And a lot of this also keyed into regeneration because a lot of the stuff that gave you mana regen was triggered by casting a spell. So casting your lowest rank spell or, uh, you know, the lowest rank that actually efficiently healed, like in this case, Joe was saying rank three and he's probably right. It would still trigger the same mana regeneration that casting your rank four did. Mm -hmm. So there was never a good reason to cast rank four. Unless it was going to be the only spell you got to cast for like th- like twenty seconds, you know, you wanted if you wanted to get everybody's health as high as you could as fast as you could, and I remember like shaman shaman were just chain heal fiends. Yeah, uh, that's had all you other, did. You had other spells, but you almost never used them. Like you put Earth Shield on the tank. That uh, wasn't until I want to say Wrath they put in Healing Rain. Yeah, Healing Rain, and wasn't there like the the one that triggered off of your like weapon? Earth, like Living had, yeah. So yeah, Earth, Earth Living Weapon. Yeah. Earth
0: Living Weapon was very similar to if you play now, and uh, Bomber's Oil, very similar effect.
1: But it was, you know, so it was something that, that put a heal over time on people when you cast a heal on them.
0: And uh, you wanted Earth Living because, and this is why you stuck with Chain Heal, it would trigger off of each individual, it, it potentially... Each individual jump of chain heal.
1: So <laughs> oh, yeah, if you hit four people with chain heals, you had four chances for its living weapon to go off. Yep. And they could all have a dot they, they'd all have like heal over time on them now. Yep. Um it really it also worked really well. I want to say it worked really well with Valinir.
0: Oh be- yes. Because the bubble. Yeah, and the bubble could self replicate at that point too, because of uh the way that Earth Living Weapon worked. It was ridiculous. Like you could cast one chain heal and watch uh a bubble stay on that first group if it triggered for three times the duration that it was supposed to because earth living had a chance to proc it and they had to go fix a whole bunch of stuff, but that's, that's wrath. Um, but a lot of this weird chicanery type stuff, um, originated in burning crusade, which this patch 2.4.3 is just after all of that had been sorted out.
1: Mm Yeah. Yeah. Well, some of it happens. Some of, of it. it, not Spe- all of it. There was specifically, some... the stuff that we're talking about with downranking. Yeah, uh, because downranking was—I loved it. Don't get me wrong. I was sad when they took it out, but yeah, downranking had a lot of negative effects. But anyway, we've talked about this a lot. Point being, <laughs> that's going to be what the what it runs on. It will be running on the finalized state of the Burning Crusade. So, if you were looking to get in there and t- tank on a on a feral druid because that's what they were called back then, just Feral. They didn't mm-hmm. have a second spec for tanking. If you're looking to go into to, into the Burning Crusade and main tank on a Feral Druid, be warned that you are not going to have the massive advantage uh, that they had, and you are still not going to have certain benefits that they didn't get until later. Um, but okay, we should talk about... Right now, the Diablo three PTR for patch 2.7.0 is out. It's been going for the past week. Uh, one of the things it's testing is... They've made some significant changes to your various followers. You remember the the scoundrel, the Templar, and the Enchantress? Yep. They all get gear in all their slots now. Not just a few select. They eat everything. Helmet, boots, chest blade, everything. Yeah, that was
0: interesting.
1: Not only that, if they have like a, a full set that has certain effects or legendaries that have certain effects, you'll get those effects from them. Yeah. Whew. So if you have like I don't know how it's going to work for like specific set pieces for classes. Like, if you know, I don't think you can put your barbarian set on them and have them get it. But like, there's sets that aren't related to the class and legendaries that don't don't have specifically class related abilities. You'll get them if your follower is wearing them. That is a strange and interesting concept. I find myself wondering if that's a test for something they're going to be doing in Diablo Four. I or was if it's just.
0: I was I was just going to say that like this smacks of a test run like this it, it's really cool i I think this is really cool uh, this harkens back to uh, and it's been a while since I've played Diablo 2 folks so um, but like kidding out followers then uh, not gonna say it was exactly the same but I remember it having more slots than the Diablo three followers um, but this is really cool and really neat and the fact that you get Uh, the effects of those items is crazy. That is just way opening up the amount of of weird combinations you can do. And I I don't know if this is something that they're going to be testing for, you know, inclusion in Diablo 4 going forward, but I kind of hope it is because that would be a really cool feature to continue on in the future.
1: Yeah, we don't know how they're going to even do followers in Diablo 4 yet. But one of the things that's interesting to me about this is that, for one thing, it basically gives... I don't know if you guys have noticed this, it's it's significantly harder to run a Greater Rift solo, even with a follower, than it is to run one with even just one friend.
0: Yeah, because played, they're built yeah. off of procs and, and set bonuses.
1: Even with the fact that, you know, stuff gets harder when you bring in a friend, I generally prefer to have at least one other person with me than to play Diablo 3 completely solo. This will be a big benefit for people who want to play Diablo 3 entirely solo who don't want to ha- who don't want to or don't have someone to play it with yeah sorry I had to cough there no no you're fine um but yeah so I, I'm interested in seeing like, the list of the ability of sets that work with them that the list of legendaries that work with them but it is with this happening we're now basically it'll likely not the the PTR will probably likely not end until the end of this week at the earliest um That means that we're probably not going to see season end till at least the 14th. And I personally think it'll be the 21st at the earliest. I will not expect it before the 21st. In fact, if it didn't happen at all this month, if it didn't end until April, I would not be surprised. And the reason for that is they don't like to, they want to try and give people heads up as much as they can. So even if the PTR finishes this week and it's all good and they get everything they want out of it and everything's running smoothly and there's no mistakes and no screw-ups and also someone comes to your house with a big bag of candy because why not while you're dreaming? Uh, sure, you, you can have a cake. Here's some cake. Yeah, those will give you some cake while, while, while we're having a miracle. But assuming all that goes down, it's still going to take two or three weeks to, to finish up the season. Like, you can't just say, okay, the PTR is going down. We're ending the season next week. You got to give people some time. So, yeah, I, I don't know exactly when we're going to see the, this next season coming up. For one thing, like, the follower thing isn't seasonal. That's going to be happening during the season, but it will work for both people in the season and not in the season. Yeah, it's just a but thing. The PTR has not actually got anything for the season on it. As far as we can tell, there's no real changes So yeah, what's it gonna even be? Are they gonna test it? Are they testing it? I mean, that's if the PTR continues on for next couple weeks, so they can then start testing the new season. That means it'll take even longer. And with Diablo three in the state, like Diablo three is in a really weird place where they can do stuff like this. They can experiment around with like big changes if they want to. But you know, we we know that Diablo two Resurrected is coming out this year. We know that Diablo Immortals coming out this year. We know that Diablo 4 is probably next year. So there's a lot of Diablo coming down the pipe. They can probably take a little bit of time on their seasons. They can have them come out more. They can have them be longer. Like up until this last season, the average season length was between 14 and 16 weeks. Uh, Last season was 18 weeks. This season's looking like it's going to be heading for 16, 17 weeks. I think that might be the future trend for season length, that they might be between 16 and 18 weeks. Because it's just, it gives you more time to test things. It gives you more time to, like, let people play them out. So, but that's just that's just what I'm thinking.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's, I think that's a pretty good thought. It's a pretty good, solid deduction, I think. And honestly, longer seasons is not necessarily a bad thing. I think I think it's just more Diablo content, really.
1: Well, we'll see, ultimately. We'll see, like, how, if we get, we're going to get Resurrected and Immortal this year, we're told. If Resurrected came out in the summer, which I'm not saying it will. But if Resurrected came out in the summer, Diablo 3 is going to basically have a slow period. Because it's coming out on consoles. It's coming out on pretty much every console simultaneously. It's coming out on the Switch, um, Xbox, and I think both the One and the XS, and both PlayStation 4 and 5. Uh, yeah, people are going to be playing that. I, I don't think... I would not bet against Diablo to resurrected here let me put it that way so i feel like the diablo 3 team might be like yeah we can be more experimental we can we can see what works we can do do interesting stuff because you know no one's going to be watching us
0: yeah, it definitely works in their advantage right like at least as from that perspective so
1: yeah but anyway i believe it's time to move on to emails so uh i this point, i hand it off to you to say things joe well do you want to do your spiel all right, I do, I do the spiel. Why did, I can't remember who does the spiels. My God, what am I here for? <laughs> so, hold on. Small moment of panic. Okay, taking a breath. Anyway, if you have an email for the show, uh, you can send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzardwatch so we know it's for the show. Or you can go to our Discord and we have a Patreon queue and podcast questions channel where our patrons, that's the lovely people who pay for everything we do so we get to keep doing it, and... Um, they they can go and answer ask the questions there, or you can go to the Q questions channel, which is not for patrons, but we do go there second. Um, and quite frankly, every question in there was for Laura watch this week anyway. So. Yeah, uh if you don't mind, Joe?
0: Not at all. Our first question comes from 6K, question for the podcast. So we all know Taron became the Night Warrior, but what does that mean exactly? Like what does being the Night Warrior give you? Can she now run faster than a locomotive? Did she get super strength? Ability to dissolve Velcro? Did she get a gun? What exactly does being a Night Warrior give you then? You know, not being a Night Warrior and just training hard and doing 100 pushups, 100 sit-ups, 100 squats
1: and 10 kilo- kilometer runs. Every Day. Uh, i mean she can yeah. summon airstrikes <laughs> like it's not, i'm not kidding like she just holds her hand up at one point and the entire horde contingent around her gets hit with like super moon fire from the sky uh so I, i'm not that's not sarcasm and i can say she can summon airstrikes uh, i think she was already super strong by some by definition human measurement
0: probably yeah it,
1: yeah absolutely or even orc because you know night elves toss orcs around pretty easily uh, not Toronto, but and just grabbed him like a troll by the throat and just slammed him around like he was a toy. Uh, Night elves are not weak, they're pretty strong. Uh, so she already had that, but I, it definitely seems like she's got like she doesn't seem to be like she's not flying around and shooting lasers out of her eyes or anything. But when she does choose to, she definitely can call upon some ridiculous levels of power. She took out those things that Sylvanas sent after her. Mm-hmm. And when you when you go to Torgast and you see her there, you, you she's just she's striding over the destroyed hulks of the jailers, you know constructs. Um, she's not like they're not really even impeding her. So I'm not I, I don't she didn't get a gun. She uses a bow still when she bothers to shoot people. Um, she, she, I don't I think she probably could dissolve Velcro, but not specific Velcro. Just pretty <laughs> much anything she hit with that blast would probably get eaten up. Um I don't know, do they have locomotives in Azeroth? I guess they must. Yeah, they do. We there was ahead. an
0: entire there was a, there was an entire boss based around it and a, yeah. on a tier. The trains exist.
1: Yeah, okay. She's probably faster than they are then. But I again she might have been beforehand. Uh team mind too, she already kinda was like ridiculously powerful as the high priestess, so but yeah, I don't I don't think we have anything definitive on exactly what the Night Warrior gives you, but It's pretty clear by watching what she does now that she is the Night Warrior that she basically has a push button, things blow up ability now. Like, it feels like the Night Warrior's power isn't something you can easily control to just do whatever you want with it. It feels more along the lines of it's like you are holding a gigantic cannon. Essentially, Toronto has the wave motion gun from, you know, Space Battleship Yamato. (laughs) <laughs> like she she seriously like she can go and when she gets all the way up big blast comes out and things fall down
0: yeah i think just to kind of get in in here on the mix a little bit we don't know the full extent of what being the Night Warrior actually gives you. We know some of the terrible downsides just because of what we've interacted with with certain folks inside of Ardenweld. Uh, but it's one of those things where they never really ha- sat down and defined here's what being the Night Warrior gives you. The only thing for certain, besides just more power, uh, is it seems to amplify aggression almost. And I'm not saying that Tyrande isn't justified in her rage. I absolutely believe she is, but combining what we've heard from certain folks, uh, I can't remember their two spirits named, uh, right now. I think one's like,
1: and his boyfriend.
0: Yeah. Godarin and like Thadrin or Theadrin or something like that. Theadrin, Yeah. I think, um, is that it consumes you and forces you to sort of like explode from the inside out. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but it's one of those things where like, she's definitely acting probably more aggressive and less uh self-aware than i think she normally would if she was not the night warrior like she Keep doesn't in mind
1: that this is a woman who killed her own people to get Illidan out at one point so she yeah. was, it's not not like she wasn't aggressive already
0: right but this is like taking it no, up a notch
1: <laughs> i'm just saying this is like saying okay we, we want to get Keith Moon, but we want him to be like, we're going to amplify his his carousing and, and inability to control himself. Like, are you kidding me? This is Keith <laughs> Moon. He was already there. <laughs> in, a, in essence, it does, to, to make a joke, but it's a joke that I think actually has a point, she can go Super Saiyan now. Yeah. And it does kind of feel like that's what she can do. We know that because of, like, the uh, Thiaran and, K- and Kadaran, and if I'm spelling his name wrong, I'm pronouncing it wrong, I apologize. They talk about how the Night Warrior was powerful enough to drive an old god away. Like, they destroyed an old god with its power. So...
0: You know, the thing that we spent an entire expansion gathering power and using a series of Titan facilities to do? Yeah, the Night Warrior did that.
1: And I think to a certain degree, like, the the downsides of the Night Warrior, the the fact that it shakes the person apart, shows that it builds an intensity as it goes. Mm -hmm. Like, she is not at full power yet. And when she gets the full power, she's going to blow up. Um, so there's there's a lot to it that we have yet to see that we don't know yet. But I definitely think it, I definitely think it's more than just going for a jog. And and you know, we, I don't think we get a Rocky style training montage and then you know, is out killing horde. I think this is definitely a step above that.
0: Yeah, and honestly, if it comes down to a fight p- between Tyrande and One Punch Man, because I know that's where you were going with your 100 pushups, et cetera, uh, my money's on I'm Just going to throw that out there. Uh, our next question, people who watch from the cold, I have a lot of questions about what's going on in Diablo with Diablo two resurrected, uh, immortal Diablo three and Diablo four will have a lot of lore to reconcile. And I'm not sure I understand which game comes when, uh, Diablo, then Diablo two and then Diablo three and then immortal, right? Cause immortal is coming out after Diablo three. So how does Diablo four follow Diablo three? Thanks for clearing all this up and explaining the plot of Diablo immortal and how it follows Diablo three. Uh, this is from Joey Jojo Junior Shabadoo. Um, it does not follow Diablo three, and I'll let Matt rant in a second about it or explain in depth. Uh, but it is between Diablo two and Diablo three.
1: Yeah, that 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 is that's true. I mean, I I don't really have a rant involved with your chronology. It was accurate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, uh, Joe, and you're wrong. And here's why. No, he's he's totally right. That's what, uh, in terms of how the stories go. Um, they were pretty straightforward up until Immortal. And yeah. If you take Immortal out of it and just look at the games, the publication number is... It's Diablo, Diablo 2, Diablo 3, Diablo 4. That's Immortal makes it complicated because it's between 2 and 3. Essentially, it's like a retroactive 2.5, but just think Diablo, Diablo 2, Diablo Immortal, Diablo 3, Diablo 4, and you're fine. Uh, and if you just want a numbers thing, it's always 1, 2, 3, 4. It, it's not like... None of them are prequels exactly. I guess Immortals kind of a prequel, kinda. But it, since it's it's, it's it, a it's a prequel in a series where it's actually in between. Yeah, it's like an interst- it's
0: like an interstitial episode. I would even like really the
1: lost. It- it's all like a lost tales. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of how the story works, Diablo is all the, is the story about how a town falls to darkness because the. Archbishop found an ancient artifact and it turned out that the Archbishop was himself evil and was looking for that ancient artifact which we don't find out until Diablo 2 I believe and yeah. used it to wake up one of the three prime devils like the the head the, the the greater evils of this world.
0: The titular uh, Diablo.
1: Yes. Diablo 2 um, the hero of Diablo 1 thought it would be a really good idea to jam the soul stone with Diablo in it in his face. It was wrong. And <laughs> Listen, if if
0: shoving weird demonic stones into my forehead to keep the world safe is wrong, I don't want to be right.
1: And he wasn't. Wasn't right. But the the story of the game is basically a bunch of heroes following in his wake, trying to prevent the destruction and and death as the demon inside of him takes over his body and uses him to complete its its purpose, Mm -hmm. which is to free the other two great devils of the game, uh, Mephisto and Baal. They are freed and chaos ensues to prevent the world from being corrupted by Baal, at the end of Diablo two Lord of Destruction. Uh, the angel Tyrael shatters the world stone and, in an explosion that consumes his physical body.
0: Well, well real quick, you're missing that part where there's the stones that they, that they had been using to imprison the prime evils were pieces of this world stone.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, the, the soul stones were created using pieces of the world stone as well. So, the ball has corrupted the world stone and therefore in order to prevent the world stone from corrupting all of sanctuary and turning it to the demons material destroys it uh releasing the massive amount of power contained within it because the world stone was a relic from the creation of the universe it was called the eye of anu and it was essentially like a piece of the original uh, you know primordial anu uh, that could create worlds that's why it was called the world stone he destroys it and so Diablo Immortal is the story of a bunch of adventurers traveling the world and collecting up the pieces of the, the Shattered Worldstone so that the demons that are collecting them don't get to use their power to grow even more powerful and destructive. Um, that's what you're doing in Diablo Immortal. Diablo three is something like 20 years after Diablo II. Um, the, the the wizened elder um, Deckard Cain, who you've met in both diablo and diablo 2 his basically traveled back to tristram because he believes in a prophecy that a thing is going to fall from the sky heralding the end of the world uh, a thing falls from the sky and heralds the end of the world it turns out to be tyriel he's lost his memory and his sword but he has fallen from the heavens trying to warn us about a great evil we then find out what that evil is go forth confront it attempt to stop it fall right into the plot of diablo who ends up resurrecting itself with all seven of the evils combined in one demonic body mm-hmm. and invades, invades heaven. We then go to heaven and beat him up. Even though he's strong enough now to beat up all of heaven, we're strong enough now to beat up him because we're the Nephilim and the destruction of the world stone has caused humans to begin to, re- to raise up to the rank of Nephilim and gain access to the enormous power they possessed. H- scared by this, the angel um, Malthiel, who's the archangel of wisdom, Decides he wants to be known to associate with the power of death, calls himself the Angel of Death, and steals the Black Soul Stone that was used to contain all the demons in Diablo three, which he then uses to try and kill every single human in the world.
0: He only 75% succeeds.
1: Yeah, they're they're talking about you know high numbers in, but the b- point is that's the end of Diablo III. Uh, we stop Maltheo before he can kill everybody in Sanctuary, but a lot of people die. And as a result of this, the world is basically—it's like if you look at Europe during the, the the Black Plague. Yeah, it's like so many people died that their entire social order got destroyed. Uh, the, you know, certain kingdoms have completely collapsed. People are basically living in little huts and villages, you know, se- separated from each other. Nations are crumbling, and the world is completely disorganized. And somebody thinks it would be a great idea to bring back Lilith, the demon that along with Anarius created Sanctuary in the first place. And that's basically the premise of this game is someone has brought Illith back and we have to decide if it's good or bad for the world. Um, and that's, that's it. it. That's the, the five games.
0: Yeah, it's basically post-apocalypse followed by another post-apocalypse by another one and so on and so forth. Continue things, to-
1: keep, things keep going to crap. Like, I, I think that's my wife described. It. she's like, Diablo, everything's still worse. <laughs> yeah.
0: instead of singing everything is awesome, everything is awful. 100% applies to this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Everything is awful, everything is terrible, everything's bad. you know it's just and, and it, it gets worse. I think there's one thing you could say is that every Diablo game gets worse. For for the uh, for the
0: inhabitants, uh, yeah, let's let's be clear. We're talking about story wise. We're not talking about gameplay wise because the gameplay keeps yeah. getting better.
1: Uh, but yeah, in terms of like you know the the fate of the People's sanctuary just keeps going downhill. It's it's just like a giant bunch of rocks falling on people continuously yeah and
0: consider this is this is it's getting worse because it's like yeah so diablo 3 i used to live in this town and then my wife tried to kill me and all of my children that you know died to various plagues started coming out of the ground and then my neighbor tried to like eat my face i have no clue what's going on and now it's even worse than that
1: (laughs) yeah it's now everybody died and now we're all forced to live in this village and oh and now the monsters
0: are and and now the monsters are braver than they ever were before that's,
1: why wouldn't they be because everyone's cause dead to exactly yeah no it's so yeah but that's basically the plot of the overarching plot without you could have to do an entire episode and maybe we should do an episode on the lore of. of you know Diablo.
0: what hey, you guys you make sure your comments send us things you want us to do an entire uh, lore watch dedicated to the story of Diablo so far i'm perfectly fine doing it just let us know
1: yeah but that's that's a bare bones summary of what's going on
0: yeah and and yeah, there's, there's just a lot there, and honestly, hopefully the order helps uh, you get that straight or keep that uh, straight moving forward, because it can be a little bit confusing, especially with Immortal being the oddball out. Uh, but I think that'll answer that one. Our next question. Hey, watchers, do you think Blizzard could start new classic servers? Maybe, like, just a couple every six months or so? I missed out on a couple phases because of real-life stuff, and it would be awesome if they had constantly rotating servers so people can jump in. And this is from Elisaf the Belf Pally. Um They could. I don't know if they would. That is a massive technical undertaking. You're talking about spinning up, uh, essentially, a server every time you want to do it, or why something clean and rolling back. Now they could do that if they wanted to. They could have a set of servers or a server specifically set up where there is a timed wipe, where every six months all the phases reset back to zero or whatever whatever their starting point was when they released Classic. They could do that. I don't know if they would. I also don't know if enough players want that. Um, One of the things that I think... Maybe is an older mindset. Maybe I'm going to show my game age here a little bit more than I usually do. But when you hit, you know, max level in vanilla or classic, it was a thing. And even going through all those events, those were things that like you experienced and you didn't want to have all of your progress wiped and done over again. Now, I know some players on some of the uh, illegal servers or, or secret servers that exist out there do that. I don't know how their decision-making process goes for that, and I don't know if that's something Blizzard is interested in. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they would, but I think
1: they could. What you're describing reminds me a lot of how seasons work in Diablo 3.
0: It does, yeah.
1: Where you basically start off at zero, and you can go through everything all over again. Um, I don't... I'll be upfront with you. This is just my opinion, my take on it. I could be wrong. Um, maybe Blizzard plans to, robust, to, to do a robust, robust support. of of original WoW Classic servers and do things to make sure they stay up and competitive and fresh. I do not think that's what's going to happen. I think your servers are basically, this is it. They are on life support now, and there will be nothing further for you. There's no new stuff coming. There's no resets coming. If you don't want to play WoW Classic, then move on, because I think they're going to do... Burning Crusade, where those servers, some of those servers are going to just be the server moves to being Burning Crusade servers, or you can stay on, like there'll be certain servers that are going to stay WoW Classic servers, and you can be on those if you want to, but I think the closest you're going to get to that is they might start outright, wow, cl- they might start Burning Crusade Classic servers that are just for Burning Crusade Classic that, that are brand new.
0: That start from zero, that start from yeah. Classic zero, right?
1: Yeah, and, and you could level up and do, but even then, it would, it would be at the point where all that stuff had been released. Everything would be released instead of waiting for it to come out. I don't think that's going it, to happen. I don't expect at any point in time they are going to look at classic stuff and say okay let's put on a classic server where it's it's basically just you know it starts off with just mountain core and Nixia, and then we move like we release other stuff in phases and we release the pvp in phases i think they're done doing that for for classic straight up it's done it, the fork has been stuck in it it's a potato it has done everything they wanted it to do and now if you like that stuff, could you have what you wanted? They, they've you've now got a server where you can go do all the old stuff, you can go see the original world. There's no flying, none of that. It is it is as close to no what the servers were really like as they could be. But I don't think they're going to go back and reset any of them. I don't
0: now I don't that if, know if that they
1: won't, but I don't think they will.
0: If they do what you said, potentially, and you do that with like the Burning Crusade servers where it starts from zero, I mean. Again, like you said, it's not gonna be exactly the same. Uh, no, but no
1: because all the all the stuff that's that, all the events yeah. out immediately. Yeah. So it will already be there. And even and, if, and even
0: if they do Wrath Classic or whatever uh they call it, uh it would be the same thing, right? Like it would just be But
1: think about it, Wrath Classic is where you get into a weird area. And it we, it's not been announced, so I'm only gonna discuss this briefly, but Wrath Classic is when they started taking content out. Yep. Wrath is Wrath is when they started taking out Nax.
0: Yeah, you like Nax Rabbis? Well, it's gone. Oh, now it's back again with a different flavor.
1: Yeah, and it felt very different. Very. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it, like I said, it, it reminds me of Diablo Three Seasons, and there is a certain amount of. There's something cool about you know starting over and leveling up again and getting all that stuff again, and do, but it's a different game. Wow, and, and Diablo don't play the same way. The.
0: The one thing I would say is this is a, a really good example of something that would be feedback that should be provided back to Blizzard. If this is something a lot of players want, then it might be something that they consider doing. Uh, yeah, they're
1: doing. They're doing what Burning Crusade Classic because players said, "Yeah, we want it." That's it's, you know, if if nobody had wanted it, they wouldn't have done it. They're doing the entirety of what Classic is because there's enough demand to motivate people to subscribe.
0: Yeah. And if that becomes a thing where a sufficient number of people, just like Burning Crusade, say, hey, we want to do this thing, they might start looking into it. But I think I I really do believe that these are always intended to be uh, time capsules. Right, almost like time capsules regaining some lost content uh, in a manner that players could revisit that's no longer available on live servers. So, and I think they've accomplished that, and I think they've done a, a pretty good job of doing that. Um, and it may be not exactly what everybody wanted out of their classic servers, but it's a, I think they've reached a pretty good medium. But again, Give them that constructive feedback. Put it on the forums. Uh, see if other players will will band in on it. I understand going to the forums is a a, a crapshoot one way or another, but it's they do pay attention to that. They actually look for that feedback. Provide it. You never know what will happen in the future. Uh, our next question comes from Speed Lancer. Uh, do, 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 do. The question for the podcast, is it me, or are the Covenant campaigns missing pretty big parts of their stories? Just before reset, I cleared Denathrius on LFR with my with my warlock, who is Ascended, and though I didn't get the cinematic like I was supposed to from the quest turn-in, I did see it. The Naru is just there. I know she's in one of the Revendreth dungeons, but having completed the Venthyr Covenant campaigns on my DK main, that particular dungeon just isn't part of the story. You don't get set there, you don't don't get a quest to go there, did I just completely miss it somehow? And as for my warlock, you don't even get introduced to Devos in the Ascended story, but suddenly she reveals reveals herself as leader of the Forsworn. I did notice her in the hall dressed in her original white attire and thought it was odd that I didn't even know she was there before. Are the other Covenant campaigns missing pieces like this? Uh, yeah. So I think that's the end of that question. I think That's not entirely accurate. I think a lot of that's baked into the leveling experience.
1: I was just going to say, when you level through um, Bastion the first time, you see a figure who is cloaked in shadow that is very clearly Devos. I mean, it's you hear her talk, you see her. And then when you run the dungeon, it turns out Devos is behind it and you see Devos at the end and you fight Devos. And that's, that's your, that's your introduction. It's not necessarily they haven't put absolutely everything in the campaign questing. Yeah. Some of it is just there in the world or in dungeons for you to discover, but it's all connected. Um if if you haven't run that dungeon, you won't get to see Devos running the dungeon. You won't get to see her cuz it's a, it's them attacking. That's Devos attacking attempting to take the Archon out. Uh so Archon's really got bad luck this expansion. People keep trying to take her out. Yeah. Um but so, yeah, th- th- there's there's a I will say that it's kind of actually similar to something we were talking about on the pre-show. And I'm not going to drag back in that conversation because <laughs> different we'll be things, here for a like, while. At the same time, there's a little bit of disconnect on the storytelling methods that can kind of leave you to like not knowing what you're supposed to know. Like, what did I see? When did I actually see this? Can And it can be tricky and you can miss it. And sometimes you're not even missing it it is actually the case that in some in some cases i'll say th- it's a blink and you'll miss it and and it's even to some degree with devos there is no moment where devos just you know is standing there being good and then pulls off it, her like, yeah
0: it was you know, i devos
1: yeah there is none of that you just find out i believe it's like someone's like devos like you, you know, after you you know someone's like devos is behind this oh my god you're going to have to go in and stop her it's it's that kind of thing but it's there. Um, I don't. I can't speak to every covenant. Um, I've really only played two to any any like length, and I've really only played the Night fade to completion.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I will say I, that this this expansion does feel a little bit different in how it presents your entrance into dungeons like your quests to go there. Um, it definitely is a different type of it. And I think there might be some variation between the covenant campaigns, but I wouldn't say that I, I don't think they're missing large chunks of the stories. I think that Matt's right. And it's just a, a little bit of a disjointed storytelling where it sort of relies on you as a player to sort of piece it together in the proper order uh, to understand what's going on just because of how things have to be laid out like it's it's one of those things where the story uh, is coherent, but because of the way the game systems work it it kind of chops it up a little bit in a weird manner for you, for you to digest. It's not completely straightforward so um, anything else to add to that one?
1: Uh, no I don't I don't think so
0: okay uh, we have one last question here and this is to the violent render of flesh. And Screamer of Bloody Mayhem Rossi. Uh, no, that's not uh, Mayhem and Rossi. Wow. Okay, yeah,
1: that's, so that's you, man. You're apparently, the
0: I'm girl. the violent one. Ah, uh, projecting, sorry. Uh, I'm really afraid that they're going to mess up Diablo 2's remaster after Warcraft Re-Reforged ended up not doing a lot of reforging. Uh, please reassure me it will be good. Also, is it worth playing if you've already played the original? What do you think about remakes and remasters like this? I've heard that Final Fantasy VII Remake was good, but also not really a remaster. So is this going to end up like that? Help me. Era uh, Kulov. I've seen
1: yeah just um...
0: little bits and pieces. Of gameplay,
1: I, I'm going to say this: that I, I, do, I can't promise you that it'll be good. I mean that I,
0: we're not making the game; we can't, we can't make yeah. that promise.
1: Even the people making the game can't always make that promise. You know, things happen. But I, I will say that the from what I saw at BlizzCon, they seem to understand what they, what the stakes are, and they understand what people want. Um, that they don't want a game that, they, they're not out to make a game that significantly reinvents this game. Yeah. they don't want a game that plays differently they don't want a game that feels different they want to give you Diablo 2 just prettier and every place where they have made a change it is in the service of preserving as much as possible while allowing people to have conveniences that they would have you know if the game were made today they would have had that uh, For instance you're going get to have you're gonna get to have a shared stash uh, because people were just making mule characters and sending all their stuff to the mule character anyway. So why not just let them have a shared stash? It's stuff like that. But I don't feel like this is going to be... This is not going to be a remake. This is not Final Fantasy VII. I don't... Again, don't want to spoil anything if you haven't played Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake. But Final Fantasy VII Remake is a remake.
0: Yeah, it's not a remaster.
1: Yeah, it's a remake. It is a remake with different game systems and a different story. Yeah. Like, that's all I'll say. If you haven't played it... I mean, I don't even like... Sony as a gaming platform. I don't like PlayStation, and it was the, it was like one of the few games that I was like, you must play this. If if you can play this, you must play this. Go go borrow someone's PlayStation. I don't care. Uh, it was stunning and spectacular, but it's not what Diablo II Re- Resurrected is trying to be. Absolutely not. Uh, it's trying to be a remaster, and the people from Vicarious Visions, who are the people who are working on it, know how to remaster. Yes, yes they do. They, they put out the Tony Hawk uh one and two box compilation remaster thing, which is being hailed as one of the best remasters ever made. They've made plenty of other remasters. This is what they do. They understand that you don't there's the core gameplay loop, you don't touch it.
0: Yeah, they know they know what to to make a quality of life change versus what's a core aspect that you just don't touch, right? Like yeah. and Tony Hawk is the perfect example of that. It really, really is.
1: Yeah. Uh so I mean, is it going to be good? I think it will probably be good. Uh, I feel like if you liked Diablo 2, you should like this because it's basically, they've even said, we're not actually even changing the engine. We are running this on the same engine, and that's what it's going to be on. We're just, you know, then putting 3D graphics over it so that, the for instance, when a sword drops, it will look like the sword you equip that kind of change not changes to how the game plays they were very upfront about that and i think that that's a good move um
0: yeah, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic when it comes to it. I don't think this is going to wind up being like Warcraft uh, 3 Reforged, and I think the biggest part of that is Warcraft 3 kind of went through its own sort of like development hell uh, with changing of teams, uh, weird things going on with the decision-making process in the middle, uh, a third party handling some of it that wasn't internal to Active Blizzard. Um, now with Vicarious Visions, Vicarious Visions is part of the Active Blizzard family. They're wholly owned their only goal is to work on this and they've proven that they know they, they have the chops to do it and they have the chops to do it the right way and from what I'm seeing because some people have actually already gotten technical alpha access uh, at least in small quantities and it's content creators but it does exist out there you can find some folks that have it uh, and it looks exactly like they're promising so far it's literally 3d graphics Updated graphics, updated some lighting effects, and that's it. Like, it's Diablo 2. And that is a good thing, because Diablo 2 is often hailed as everybody's favorite Diablo game, uh, or at least if that was your first Diablo game, really. And you don't want to alienate that group. But also, the difference between Diablo 2 and Diablo 3 isn't as vast as like core mechanics go right there's some differences obviously with the skill trees and things like that but there isn't a whole lot that you need to shift to bring it up to modern standards in that regard like you give some some quality of life improvements to the players fantastic now you can still go and pay with things when in staff of jordans like you can still go and do that
1: yeah from for me what i would say is i in general I think it depends on the game. Like I, I, like I've said, I already think the Final Fantasy VII remake is just spectacular. It's a stunning achievement, but it's a very different animal than a remaster. Yeah. Uh, for a remaster, what you want is you want the original game, and I mean, for some people, that's exactly what they did want from Final Fantasy VII. So the remake has kind of thrown them off. I think that Reforged actually surprised, upset people because for a couple reasons. One is stuff like the didn't the the mods and add on situation wasn't handled well. Um, the fact that they did make some ch- they made some changes to how, if you were playing just playing Warcraft three and you weren't going to get the remake, you weren't going to get Reforged, you just had Warcraft three. They made changes to the Battle Network for Warcraft three, mm-hmm. and that was very unpopular. Um, it was very finally, very much
0: regarded as a bad move, and everybody disapproved.
1: And finally, the fact is that people kind of thought it was going to be more than it was.
0: Well, in thought- that. And that's part of that development hell, right? Like, there was a lot of yeah. weird promises and interviews, and at one point, I, I don't remember what it was, but I remember there was an interview where they were talking about changing the story to match WoW, and, like, people latched onto that, and then they didn't.
1: And they didn't update the uh, cinematics, which they're absolutely doing in, in Diablo 2. Yeah, I they flat it, out said they were. Yeah, Diablo 2 Remastered, that's the best decision they could make. If they just did that, I would consider it a successful remaster, because if you watch the cinematics, they're very cool but it's a bunch of lumpy potatoes because it was on you know this game came out in 2000 and digital effects i mean if you've looked at older cinematics that blizzard put out it's no fault of their own this is the best you could do with the computers of the time Mm -hmm. um and unfortunately it's a bunch of lumpy potatoes that's just how it is so yeah the team that made if you go back and just go look at diablo 3 cinematics sometime they are Effin' amazing. They are so good. Oh my god, when Malthiel walks into the du- into the room and kills all the Horadrim and takes the Black Soulstone, Stone. Amazing. Di- Di- Diablo shows up at the gates of heaven and fights Imperius. Amazing. These are incredible cinematics. And they've only gotten better. It's 2021. The cinematics are going to be great. I am so looking forward to that. That's all they really need to do. The fact that they're also making the gameplay look better, that's just nice. That's cake. That's all I really want from a remaster. I just want a remaster to be the game. Um, Like one of the remasters that came out a few years back, the the original Fable got a remake, got a remaster. And it's just the original Fable. It doesn't play differently. It's just changed up the models a bit. And I liked it because that's what I wanted. I wanted it to be Fable. If I wanted it to be some other game, I'd play some other game. Yep. So, yeah, I, again, can't tell you it's going to be good, but I I am optimistic that I think that they know what they're doing here.
0: Yeah, I would agree. And I don't really think there's much more to say about it, because again, we won't know until we get into the alpha or or if we get into the technical alpha or we get into the beta and we see what they're doing with it and actually get some hands on experience with it. But I think cautiously optimistic is a really good way to put it. Uh, but Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast lighting community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on on our podcast or the queue and an adds free site
1: experience thank you very much joe uh, again guys if you have something to send to the show question wise you can do so via podcast at blizzardwatch.com, the subject line podcast of blizzard watch so we know it's for the show or you can hit discord either our patreon q and podcast questions channel or our q questions channel we will look at both of those and, and pick out questions and you know guys it's okay to ask questions just for this podcast you don't have to ask questions for lore watch lore watch gets tons of questions. It makes putting the email together kind of annoying sometimes, and I'm, I'm just gonna be out flat out optimistic here. Please just ask some podcast questions. Thank you. Um, or if you must do the thing where you ask them for either show, that's fine too. It just means that Joe and I basically have to get into a death match, and unfortunately, Joe cheats because he's like he's got lower center of gravity than me, and I I can't get him really Listen,
0: good. Listen, when 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 Blizzard got rid of Anx as a component in game, I just hoarded them all in real life. That's really what happened. I'm sorry.
1: So yeah, okay, thank you guys very much for being here with us, Uh, Joe Cheats, uh, and we'll be here next week.